0: Hi, friends, and welcome to the Midwest Mompreneurs Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Snellen, and each week, I am going to be sitting down to share honest conversations, real resources, and the tips to help you navigate motherhood and building a business at the same time. Let's be honest, it's not an easy journey when you want to do both, but it is possible. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, mompreneurs. We are back with another amazing guest episode. I know I say that every single week, but it really is true. I am so honored to talk to all of these amazing mompreneurs, many of which live in Kansas City throughout the Midwest, continue to inspire me on my journey, and are just so honest and vulnerable and are willing to share the strategies, and tips to success in being both a mom and a business owner. And today's conversation is no different. I am sitting down with Audrey Kether. She is the blogger and brains behind Oh So Lovely Blog. If you follow her on Instagram, you know how funny and genuine and sweet she is. She is a blogger that has been in the industry for quite some time, but she has focused on DIY, crafting, and graphic design, and has really grown her blog into something more where she's creating revenue from her ads through her website. She's really focused on that versus affiliate marketing, which I feel like is what more people are talking about in this moment. She also has built really successful brand partnerships, and we break those down. And what I love about her is even though she is making and generating great income from her blog, she has chosen to stick with a full-time job as a creative director. So this conversation is a little bit different for those uh, fellow mompreneurs listening that have a full-time job and are really happy in their full-time job, but also are growing this other business on the side. I have no idea how she does it all, and she's really honest that it's not easy, but it is possible. And I think what's also important to note is that she did at one point go completely freelance while also doing her blog and graphic design projects and realized it's way too much hustle. I don't enjoy it as much as I thought it would, And we talk about how sometimes entrepreneurship is over-glamorized, especially on social media, and that it's okay to have a full-time job, or it's okay to stay at home, or maybe not work at all, and to just focus on the passion projects and the things that you truly love. So I'm really excited to dive into this conversation and for you to learn so many tips and strategies, and especially focused on SEO, if you're wanting to drive more traffic to your website or blog, and how Pinterest is actually a platform that you should be putting a little bit more energy into. So let's get into this conversation. I'm so excited to be chatting with my good friend, Audrey. We've met several times, but connected online. I'm so inspired by your story, everything that you're doing. And I would love if you could just share your background, how you started Oh So Lovely Blog all the things that make you unique. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me. I really
1: appreciate it. Um, Yeah, so I've always been a creative person from the moment I remember, like even in preschool, I knew I was going to do something in art for a career. You know, back in the 80s, I didn't really realize it would be computers, but that's the direction it took. You know, I, I did it all through high school and then that was one of my, I was a graphic design major in college and a photography minor, so I've always been surrounded by that creativity, and then um, graduated in three and a half years. I don't know why I was so eager to move on to the real world. I was so excited about it, but um, then I got my first, you know, graphic design job, and kind of just about 20 years later now, I have been working professionally in um, the creative world, and now I'm an art director at a software company in Kansas City, but then I've always um, been keeping my blog going since 2012, so I've kind of I've melded those together because um, my blog is so creative, so it kind of just works works for me.
0: And you started blogging at kind of like that early phase. Everyone's blogging now, creating content. What inspired you or made you just to decide I'm going to start blogging about what we're doing in our home? Like, how did that begin?
1: I wish I actually would have started earlier. Like everyone says that I started in 2012. It was March of 2012, and um, what my husband and I had moved into a. What we thought was kind of a fixer upper at the time, but now we actually truly do live in a fixer upper, but we had this home that was just very builders grade and we just needed to do a ton of updates just to make it, you know, visually appealing for us. We didn't have to knock down walls and that kind of thing, but I just started my blog to kind of document all the projects we were doing. You know, I thought, oh, my mom and friends could kind of check in and see what we're doing. And I thought, oh, maybe someday it can even grow to where other people are coming to look at it. I didn't know for sure what to expect on that. So basically, I just documented all those kind of projects throughout the house, and that was back before I had a kid. So I had all sorts of extra time on my hands. So we were moving a little quicker than we do now. Um, but then I also have always done um, the graphic design side. So I share a ton of free printables and calendars, you know, art prints, you name it. So um, people just kind of started taking notice. And I we had a $500 um, DIY kitchen remodel. We just we had no budget, but I was so tired of our honey oak cabinets and everything was just very builder's grade wallpaper, you name it. So Um, My husband, Ted and I uh, took on the, I think it only took us two months, but we redid our kitchen for about $520 and then Better Homes and Gardens picked it up and actually put it in print. So that was my first kind of introduction into the world of, you know, all the things you could do to maybe possibly get shared and kind of have more people take notice. So that was a very exciting way to start.
0: And were you at that point sharing your blog posts to Pinterest and social media, or was it strictly just writing on the blog?
1: It was, it's kind of funny when I look back at some of those posts, I didn't know what SEO was. My blog posts were maybe a hundred, well, unless they were a big tutorial, a hundred words long, you know, I wasn't doing anything right. I thought I was, I was just starting to use Pinterest. I believe a little bit after I started, I kind of started playing more with that and that definitely helped. Um, but I was mostly just doing it and then just sharing it on social media. So that was really, I think what I did for about the first year and a half until I started realizing, you know, some of the other tools and things I could use to help my
0: business. So definitely yeah. Pinterest was a help. And you have landed so much press. Do you think it's because you were doing things differently, like focusing on the $500 budget, which most people weren't? Like, what do you think was making your content stand out?
1: Yeah, well, definitely me starting a little earlier where it was a little less saturated did definitely help. I'm not trying to pretend that, you know, I wouldn't have stuck out Olivia a little further um, back then. But I think it's just been that I've consistently shared content. And I do think it is hard to pull off a kitchen renovation for $500. And I think that stood out because, you know, usually they're up in the tens of thousands of dollars and we did want this house that was in that price range. So um, I think that that was really something that people noticed and wanted to just kind of show that you can have kind of higher style on a low budget. So that's kind of how I've always lived my life. I, we've, i always, even if we do have money to spend on something, I want to save as much as I can by doing it myself. So I just love motivating other people um, to know that they could, they, they could use a little elbow grease and maybe learn a couple things and use some power tools and kind of, do some of the work on their own and kind of just inspire them that way.
0: Yeah. It's so funny too, that you say like, Oh, 2012, that seems like such a long time ago in the blogging world. And the other thing is because I've been around this industry since 2009. So around the same time as you too, is that so many of the original bloggers, especially in Kansas City, stopped blogging or no, no longer blogging? But you've continued to grow, you've continued to evolve, add new things to the mix. And one thing that I love that you did is that you started doing free TV segments with a local news station just to get press for your blog, to do some fun DIY crafts. Like, it's something I enjoy watching, but it turned into paid opportunities, it turned into other brand partnerships. Like, talk us through that process. How did you get? found by the local news station. How did you go about all of that?
1: Yeah. So that was all kind of came unexpectedly, but everything I've done, even back in the days when I did things for free, it always led to the next opportunity. So I always, I was just very hungry to to put stuff out there. You know, there was a local magazine that's no longer around anymore. One of my, she ended up becoming one of my good friends who was the editor asked me if I'd want to, you know, contribute each month, you know, a DIY project. And I, of course I jumped at that. I thought that was super fun because I've always loved magazines and I've always wanted to, you know, do some design and um, also be featured in them. So I had been doing that for maybe two years. And then I guess the producer, somehow she knew a producer at, um, it was our CBS affiliate station. And they asked if she had any suggestions on people that might be able to, you know, come on and maybe be like a DIY blogger. And she threw my name out. I had no idea. And then uh, the producer contacted me and I was so nervous, but I I said, yes, you know, of course. And I'm just like, okay, what am I going to do? And I, I was so. I remember driving to my first segment with had my mom with me and I, I was practicing what to say because I didn't know it's really more of a conversation. You know, I thought I was going have to have all these things memorized. And so I don't even remember anything I said, actually, I had to watch it back. And I think I was looking at wrong cameras. It was kind of a mess, but they did end up asking me back. And I I've been going I've been doing the segments on um, the CBS station for about uh, six and a half, seven years. And then there was another local one that I kind of started doing, but this, this was Saturday mornings and they were at 5 AM and it was getting a little hard. So we kind of just stuck to the CBS one, but yeah, so those are all unpaid. You know, I was just doing that just cause I really do love being on TV and that's something, even since I was a kid, randomly, I would, I would be inside in the summer watching these like kind of HGTV um, type shows. Um, before, I think that was before they even were existing. And I told my mom, I always wanted to be on there kind of doing craft tutorials. And it's just so funny that it ended up, you know, turning into my reality. But exactly. fast forward, I don't know, about five years, this last December, um, the CEO of a, a national network, it's called Home Talk TV, it's like the D, it's the largest DIY community online. They have millions of followers. They asked me if I would be interested in doing one to two um, segments a month where I film them at my house and then we, you know, I give the video footage and they put it all together and that actually ended up being paid. So it was just really exciting to finally, after all, all those years of work, you know, to finally start getting paid for that. So. Definitely helps. Um,
0: I love, I love that story so much. There's so much I could dig into there. I also did TV segments on the NBC local station here for probably five years. Every Saturday morning, getting up at five a.m., shirting all this your- stuff <laughs> from my car. I stopped doing it with COVID, and it's just too hard with a toddler. But I also was not getting paid for so many years. I never was getting paid from the TV station, even though people thought, like my family members, like, "Oh my gosh, you're on TV every Saturday." Um, but one thing that i think is really key here is that so many influencers bloggers content creators want to start off the bat getting paid for projects getting paid for the work but i think that sometimes you need that experience and like the example with home talk is that you would never have known how to set up a proper you know newsworthy setup and do the production on your own had you not had all those years of doing it at a local news station, right? Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, I I wouldn't have even had the
1: opportunity because she actually found me on my blog because I would share every segment. I just put a little picture up and the date that I was on. So if you go to my you know TV appearances, she saw how much experience I had there. So that's what she said made her want to reach out to me. So you know everything leads to something. I feel like at the end of the day, just you know it's just patience and hard work. And earlier on, it was harder to get paid. You know when I was new and I didn't know what I was doing. Now I I, I know usually what to ask for. I know I know my worth. You know, and I'm. I'm a little bit more um, able to ask for more money. You know, it's, it's always a little hard when you have to, you don't have like a manager or anything. You're doing that all yourself. You're dealing with contracts. You're, you're doing it all, you know, and it's, it's, it's a lot, but it's, it's good when you can finally start getting paid for all the work you put into it.
0: Yeah. And from the brand's perspective, it's a no brainer because it's like, she has the experience. She knows what she's doing. She like, this is not going to fluster her, make her nervous. So I think it's, that's just a great example of start small, learn something, every opportunity you get, and try and get better and better so you can get opportunities where you are compensated for your time and i remember even with the first time i did a tv segment and a brand a national brand offered to provide me product for free because before i was like calling local companies and trying to get things sometimes i was purchasing things out of pocket and i think people don't realize that that you really like if you want something and if there's an end goal you have to literally take steps to get there
1: Absolutely. And I paid for nearly everything out of pocket, only maybe two out of my, I don't know, hundred segments I did locally. I ended up paying for, you know, at the end of the day, it always pushed me because I was doing a blog post about the thing as well. So it wasn't just for TV. You know, I I definitely got a lot of traction out of that one segment. I would, you know, do it on a blog post and then social. So it it was good. It it also kept me pushed, you know, pushed me to keep blogging because sometimes, you know, with a full-time job, it was hard to in the evenings and weekends when I just want to have a little downtime I know I have to get this blog post out. It kind of pushes me to, to keep going. So that's kind of really helped my blog keep going. Yeah,
0: I want to talk about that because you're someone who really dedicates and creates such great content for your blog. You're always focusing on the blog, trying to drive people to the blog. Even now in 2020, when so many more people are focused on social media, Instagram is kind of where a lot of creators are focusing on right now. Tell me, like, what is the strategy there? How did you decide, like, how can I create these different things that people are gonna get excited about that's going to grow my traffic? Like, when did all of that click for you? Well, I used to, um,
1: I didn't monetize my blog at all at the very beginning, you know, but I would do maybe some of those AdSense ones where I might make like 27 cents every two weeks. And I was like, mom, can you click on this ad? You know, and they would help me out to get started, but I really didn't know how much you really could monetize your blog. So I started realizing, you know, people were coming for all sorts of random things, but I've noticed that most people like my blog for all the free um, printables I share. It kind of breaks my heart sometimes. I'm like, oh, I did this whole bathroom remodel, but everybody's coming for my printables. You know, I definitely get, you know, a, a balanced bit of traffic, but most of it is all, you know, people excited about printables. So um, when I started realizing the traffic numbers that I was getting, especially like, cause I do these uh, free yearly calendars that are printable and I don't just do one design. I end up doing like 150 options for And I do them Sunday and Monday starts because everyone around the globe loves these things. I don't know how this happened. I've been doing them since 13. So I kind of got in maybe a little early and people kind of stuck with me, but it's amazing. The emails I get from all sorts of different countries and how they really appreciate it. And they all just kind of stop in to say, thank you. And it just, like, it's the highlight of my day when I get those kind of messages. And I don't, I purposely don't put holidays on them because I'm not trying to make it all about, you know, United States. I want everyone to be able to to use the calendar so anyway the traffic i get from roughly december to march each year is astounding so i'm making really great money on my ad network which i use mediavine and it has been amazing i look every morning i wake up i check my dashboard like how much did i make you know it's slowed down since covid and obviously we're getting closer to the next calendar year but don't worry i already have my 2021 calendars out so i'm just always kind of putting a ton of the work in ahead of time just because i definitely love getting that traffic. So I'm always trying to push, you know, anybody to my blog and, you know, I'll share things on social and Pinterest, you know, always trying to push people back to the blog, because as you've said, many people are putting kind of almost all their eggs into the Instagram basket, which don't get me wrong. I love Instagram. I use it all the time, but I think that you should definitely have a blog because that's the one thing you own, you know, that along with your email list and Instagram could go away at any minute. You know, you never know what could happen. And the people who built up, huge followings and they don't even have a place to send them and they're mostly just sharing their posts that would just break my heart all the work and hours that these people put in if they didn't have a blog to fall back on so that that would be my big advice is even if it takes a while to get started and you're, you're kind of trying to figure it all out on your own you know you, there's even free ones you can start out with it's you can be pretty basic with it you know just to start but Having a blog is king, I
0: think. Yeah, so. I agree. I Not only for the ad revenue opportunities, but I think brands look at people that have blogs. I'm speaking from the brand side because I work with brands, but when we see people are maintaining their blog and keeping it active, it's just an added bonus of this person takes it seriously. They're really creating amazing content. Um, it's also great for SEO because when content creators write about brands, it's linking to their page which is driving followers versus Instagram. It's kind of hard to get people from the app to a website. So it really is. Yeah. Talk to me about kind of like some of the SEO tips you've learned since you did not know at the beginning. And now you have really become an expert in this. Obviously the printables being a huge part of it.
1: Yeah. Well, definitely I will say having a blog makes you so much more attracted to a sponsorship because they, they'd be willing to pay more because you're going to have it in a blog post. Then you're also going to share it on Instagram and your other social um, feed so that I found I make so much more money on sponsorships because I have the blog piece to offer and you know that content will always live on and like let's say my posts no one's going to be looking back at that in a few days and my stories are going to expire so people love having that um, something that's always going to be there and not to mention your, for SEO anybody wants a backlink to their um, company or website you know like even me I I have had a lot of um, people link to my blog posts over the years and back before I even knew it it was really helpful. Now I I realize how much it's helped my um, SEO and my domain authority, you know, every time a bigger, more reputable person, you know, tags or tags you in a post and then links back to your blog post, it helps your like SEO juice, if you will, you know, so it just, it kind of gives you more clout and Google recognizes you and kind of puts your content out there more. So for me, I, I love geeking out, geeking out on SEO. I definitely would love to take a couple more courses to really, to know all the ins and outs, but I feel like I've learned so much over probably the last three to four years mostly, but there are definitely plugins, depending on what you know, you're on WordPress, Squarespace, whatever, there's an SEO plugin or a tool that you could be using that kind of just holds your hand and walks you through the things to do. Like I use Yoast, it's free for WordPress and it tells me if my headline copy is good. It kind of gives it a score, you know, but you know, up to a hundred and it tells you the range you want to be in it it tells you, you know, how to add your meta description, your SEO. I mean, the things that I didn't used to do, I don't even know how people found me, honestly. <laughs> if I didn't pin it, I, I doubt people saw it. So, you know, those kind of things are really important and something that I always want to be learning and staying, you know, because the information is always changing. So you want to just be on top of it and always kind of keep an eye on the pulse, if you will, of, you know, SEO and the different tricks you can do to kind of stand out.
0: Yeah. And so talk to me too about Pinterest, because I know that's been a huge driver for you. Um, do you feel like that has decreased more recently, the traffic from Pinterest? Like what is kind of your best tips and practices on using Pinterest to support your SEO?
1: Yeah, for me, Pinterest, I put the time into it You know, I share, I don't spend a ton of time on, it and I, I, that's another thing I want to take and maybe another course or two on just to make sure I'm not missing something, but my traffic has always kind of been more organic, which I'm super thankful for. It's about 70% um, organic, you know, maybe about 20%. with Pinterest and social and that kind of thing. And then I also with Home Talk, I work with them on a program where I um, share blog posts and then they send people back to my blog once a month. So that helps with some traffic too. But I'm thankful that most of it's organic because that's a little easier. But um, Pinterest does help. It's not, some people have such astounding numbers each month from Pinterest and their traffic. And I'm not one of those, but I definitely, I think I have about, I don't know, 100 or 1.7 million viewers a month on my Pinterest account, but that's more, I think, just eyeballs on your stuff. So, you know, I like to kind of get into the analytics and see what people are pinning. And some of my pins have gone viral for me, not viral for some people, but, you know, I've seen some traffic spikes from those. So I definitely want to up my game on Pinterest. That's one of my goals along with some SEO for this coming year. So yeah, I love that you're like,
0: continuing to learn, evaluate, look at the numbers. I think so many people are wanting to grow, but they're not looking at the back end and saying what's working, what's not working, what is something that I could put more energy into. And I think the other important message here is that I am not an SEO expert, first of all, but it kind of takes doing a few different things to see what is going to work. You're doing a ton of press, With the TV segments, you're getting backlinks by co-writing and working with other brands and making sure your links are included on their websites and vice versa. You're doing Pinterest. I mean, you're doing the free printables, which is driving a ton of traffic. I feel like it's probably not just like a one one thing is going to be the thing that makes you blow up, right? Exactly. Yeah. You got to kind of do it all. I mean, I think at least
1: three or four things you should prioritize and just kind of do it all as best as you can. And something there, something there's going to shine for you. Another thing I wanted to mention too, things I didn't used to do, a company would reach out to me. I get a lot of random emails as I'm sure you do as well. Like, Oh, we'd love it if you'd include this, you know, link or infographic in this blog article that you wrote, it'd be perfect um, about three weeks ago, uh, a a porch.com, I think they're pretty big. They reached out to me because I I wrote a while back of how um, my husband and I did our DIY wedding. We had, you know, 200 guests. We did the whole thing for under $5,000 all in. So I wanted to write a blog post to help people, you know, give them ideas on how they could possibly have a, you know, a higher end wedding, but with a small bill, if you will. So instead of like I, what I used to have done, I would have said, okay, I'll just, I'll put that in. No problem. Have a great day. And this time I'm like, well, you know, if you if you do like this um, this article I wrote, I'd love it if you'd also backlink to my blog. So we kinda just traded backlinks. And you know, if it doesn't work, if it, if I'm not writing about a wedding, I'm not gonna place that into my blog. But it did fit with the post and they found one that my content would fit into as well. So we just traded backlinks. And sometimes people pay you to insert a link, which I'd I more prefer to have the backlink, especially if it's a reputable company. But it's just kind of those type of things I wish I would have done you know, years ago. I don't know how many times I've inserted things from huge companies that I, you know, I should have asked for them to swap links. So,
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great tip right there um, because I think there's a lot of times where a blogger or influencer is taking on a brand campaign and they're just asking to be tagged in social media posts, but if they're taking the time to write a blog post, they should have the brand post that blog on their website and, and give that backlink, right? Exactly.
1: That's so valuable. And you might not see it right away, but it definitely over time really makes a difference.
0: Yeah. And I am nowhere on your scale, but for a year, I landed this amazing opportunity where I was writing um, for a hospital and I was, I was being featured on their website, which had a huge reach Plus I was getting paid and it was really a win-win for me. And I was like, I'm just a small nobody. But the reason why they selected me was because they could see my writing from my blog, which I'm not upkeeping right now. So don't go look at it. But (laughs) the point is if you enjoy writing or creating content that you're doing on a blog, I feel like there's so many opportunities and ways to get paid. So talk to me about like the ad revenue. How did you figure out, okay, I am making a few cents here. How do I grow this? Because now you're making a significant monthly income from your ads.
1: Yes. So um, back in the day, like I said, I was using whatever I, whatever everybody else was using, and it was just the basic tool that you could get. And then, you know, after you blog for a while, you just get a lot of emails from different people. And a lot of them are the ad companies. And um, I've worked with a couple, one was called Ezoic and the other one, uh, Gourmet Ads reached out to me. And I started noticing using these that, wow, I was making more each month. I could rely on maybe 70, 80 bucks a month. I was like, wow, this is good. And then some months it would be one or $200. And I was like, okay, this is amazing. And then I did go to a um, DIY bloggers conference last summer, where you know you can meet with vendors and meet you know other bloggers. It was really great for me, and I ended up meeting with a company called MediaVine, who uh, you know I had enough um, traffic each month to qualify. They go off of your session count if that helps you when you look at your analytics. But they did look at my site. You know I had to do a couple of tweaks. I had to go back to some of those really old blog posts, like I said, that might have been like a hundred words, and I had to go through and I had to make them, I had to make them longer, add you know the right keywords and headlines, things that I wasn't doing at all. So I was very determined and they asked me to do 20. I gave myself a week and every night I would go up to my bed, you know, an hour early and I would get my laptop and I went and I think I updated hundred posts. They were so shocked, but I just knew that, you know, the, the money and things that could come out for some of those posts would be amazing, you know, and I would be able to have them, you know, look good and to the SEO gods. So I put the time in there and I got approved, you know, they got all the ads set up and for a while there, you know, I was making one or $2,000 a month um, normally. And then COVID hit and things kind of slowed down a little bit. But with my calendars uh, on those three or four months where it's the big spike where people are going for calendars, I was waking up to $250 days every morning. I, I just couldn't wait to check and see, you know, that slowly declines. But people are still to this day coming for 2020 calendars. And hopefully they'll start kind of coming back for the 2021s. But that's been huge for me, you know, along with some of the other mostly free printables and stuff, people, the traffic's just been great. And it's just kind of always consistent. So
0: I love your transparency here. I also feel like this is such a missed opportunity for so many content creators. Again, they're just focused on affiliate sales, which are so, I mean, the percentages are low and you can't guarantee the sale once you make it because if someone returns the item. And then the other thing is brand partnerships, but with COVID brand partnerships, the budgets are decreasing and the opportunities are decreasing. And with so many more influencers coming into the market, it's just getting harder and harder to rely on those channels of revenue. So if you're making steady income on your ad, um, on your ads and your links where you're not really doing a ton of work, I mean, you've kind of figured yeah, out
1: Just keep that. blogging. That's all, you know, just, you just keep doing it and people will come. It's, it just makes you feel like no matter what I'm going to be making money today on my blog, it might be 20 bucks today. Sometimes I have really slow days and I'm like, Oh, that was, that wasn't a good day, but Hey, it's, it's money. And it's, it's not free money, obviously, but it's, I didn't have to do anything for it at that moment. You know, I just have to constantly just keep my There's blog less
0: work. Yeah. And if you're yeah. someone that doesn't enjoy selling or pitching or constantly dealing with brands, it's a good, it's a good area to focus on. I know so many people that are making way more dollars than you would expect from their ad revenue. And yeah. I think that's something that not a lot of people talk about, especially now, because it's all focused on brand collaborations.
1: Yeah, I definitely do wish I, mean, I do have a full time job. And if I didn't, I would be pitching brands a lot more often. I technically, I only usually pitch brands whenever I have like a remodel. I'm like, Oh, I want a bathtub. I want to sink, you know, and that's worked out for me in, um, in the past, but um, I definitely wish I could do that more. But for me, the ads kind of always my consistent thing, because also the brand partnerships, you have to jump through a lot of hoops. I just actually, I've had a really busy couple of weeks and I've had so many sponsorships all hit at once. It's been kind of stressful, but I just finished another one today, but people don't also realize how much time goes into them and how you have to go through so many hoops. You have to have the exact hashtags and the exact you know copy paste text from the, there's like an outside vendor that you have to go through to put all your content in, you know, it's just, it's a lot. So, you know, some people just think, Oh, that person just threw up a photo and got paid. But the hours I put in, I mean, it does make you realize you've got to ask for more for your worth. And I actually realized today, I need to start asking for more money now. I'm at that stage. <laughs> so. I
0: love it. Okay. So the other thing I that you hit on um, that's so important to reiterate is you are focusing on partnerships that make sense for what you're naturally doing and will connect with your audience. So for example, I remember when you got all new doors for your home and yes. you really, Tease this content out. You talked about deciding which doors you were going to go to. You like showed the install process. You showed the before now. Like it was from a brand's perspective as a marketer, I was like, "Yes, Audrey, <laughs> you are killing it right now." This brand must be so excited about this partnership because it was something that you were taking your your audience on this journey with you. It was something you already were planning to do. It necessarily wasn't about the brand, but it was about the full experience. And it just made so much sense. And I know at some point I'm going to replace some doors and I'm going to look for that blog post because I want to do what you did. Thank you very much. Yeah. That was another one where I actually did seek
1: the company out. I also met them at that blogger conference I went to. It's called Haven in, in Atlanta. They didn't have it this year. It was more digital, but I went to that thing with, and I don't normally do this. I should start doing more brand boards and things for myself, for my vision, you know, for the year. But I told my husband, I'm like. I hate our doors. You know, this is a 1970s house. They are flimsy, gross, nothing matches. It was just really bad. And I, was, I couldn't wait to update the doors. But I didn't want to spend $4,000 on all new doors. So I kind of, I, met the, I made sure to go to their booth. I, I talked to them about our project. I met them and they actually told me whenever, I had a call with them maybe two months later that I, they're the, I'm the only person they remember from the whole conference. And there were thousands of people there. So that was huge to me. Cause I, I did I think I definitely wanted those doors. You can probably tell, but um, we just started having conversations about how we could possibly work together. And they were really great. You know, it took a while to get the doors to me and they, you know, they're solid. It, they're very heavy. And us installing them was a huge process. I didn't realize it would be as hard. And we actually only have the upstairs hallway done. We still haven't, we have still our old doors on our downstairs. We haven't found the time yet, but we do have the doors just sitting along the wall in our garage. But yeah, that kind of thing. I mean, I'm, I already love the brand. I, I did a YouTube video for them. They're going to, they're going to, I gave, they gave them the rights to some of my YouTube stuff too. So they're going to start sharing that, but it's I love the product and I wanted to share it. And a lot of people said the same thing that they're hoping to update their doors soon. And I think they'll remember that and go back and try to support that brand. So,
0: yeah, it's so smart. And I love that. It's just like, it's just the way that you're going about brand partnerships. I feel like so many influencers are making it just transactional, like all about what they're going to get out of it, the money. And you're really making it about not only something you want, you're going to use, you're going to appreciate, but make sense for your audience, but also is giving that great content that the brand can reuse to promote you and to get more traffic to your blog and social media. So it's just like genius. Like, I feel like if you're a blogger influencer, just pause and listen to that again, because how <laughs> so important. Don't get me wrong
1: though. I have taken on a few where I'm like, that seems a little, maybe weird. I probably shouldn't have done that. And it doesn't get as much uh, love and people aren't really as into it, but you kind of live and learn and realize what, you know, what your audience is interested in.
0: Yeah I also love speaking of work and full-time job. You're a graphic designer by trade, that's been your industry. You've kind of done a lot of different things. You've been a freelancer, you've worked for small companies. now you have more of a traditional creative, creative director role. like how has being a mom, how is being a blogger? How has all of that played into your career
1: Well, I'm exhausted all the time, to be quite honest. I've, I've never really not known what it's like to only focus on one thing. I've always just done probably just too much to be honest, but I, I'm just driven and I, I don't want to say no to some opportunities and I want to keep pushing myself. So doing it all, <laughs> I don't recommend it, but sometimes it's, you just have to. And I mean, some days I feel like I'm just treading water or some days I feel like I'm drowning. Like this week I had a couple of those moments, but um, it's, I've just always felt like my blog is the one thing I've started from the ground up and that I will never let go because it's kind of my baby. And, you know, but I did at one point think, Cause I've all, I've kind of climbed the ladders at work and I've climbed up from being a designer. Then I'd be a supervisor manager. And I've kind of climbed those places and jumped around in a couple of different places and loved it all. But I, I wanted just to try one time to see what it would be like to go full freelance, but then also keep the blog. And I, I didn't, I went freelance cause I had some of my own clients, but I also worked for a, a branding agency. So the work ended up being, I don't know, 30 hours a week. So I was, I was doing that plus having all my other clients plus my blog. I mean, I was working 80, 90 hour weeks normal. Like that was normal for me. My hair started falling out. I wasn't sleeping. I didn't have a 401k anymore. I was just, you know, putting money into my own SEP IRA, which I wasn't getting any matches on, you know, then I had to buy insurance. And I was like, that is it was so expensive. I was spending a thousand dollars a month for my family's basic insurance. And I I did that for I think it was five or six months. And then I wasn't planning on quitting that. I was just going to keep going. My body probably would have told me otherwise eventually, you know, if I hadn't stopped, but I got recruited to a a software company that I worked for and I helped kind of rebuild their whole brand, their whole website and did that for two years until they got purchased by another company. And then um, that office kind of went away and then I went to my next one. And so now I'm an art director at a software company, which I love what I do there. You know, I'm basically, I, I love building a brand and I do everything from wall graphics, you know, print pieces, website, you know, anything you think of, I'm, I'm the only designer there. So I pretty much do it all. But then, you know, I come home and I've been working from home since March, but, um, nights and weekends, it's blog and sponsorships. And so, yeah, it's just, it's a lot.
0: Yeah. But you know what? I think entrepreneurship is over glamorized in general. I think everyone thinks that that is the end goal and that should be the end goal for everyone, no matter what industry you're in. And you you know, what you just described. That's me. I am the one that is working all the time when I look at your stories. I'm the one that is hustling my butt off to like, make sure things keep going. And it is, it can be more profitable than being in a nine to five, but the expenses are higher. Mm -hmm. The workload is heavier. You have people contacting you literally 24 hours a day. It is insane and I love it. And it's meant for me, but it's something that a lot of people don't talk about that It's okay to have a nine to five and then to have another business or to have another passion project or freelancing and to have boundaries. Like it's totally fine. It doesn't make you. You are right. It is so over glamorized.
1: I thought it was going to be the most glamorous thing ever. And I mean, I'm the, I'm the breadwinner in my my family. So I definitely wasn't making as much as I I I'm making now in my career and have been making. So for me, going back was just a win, win and all things and if I had to do one less blog post a week or two less blog posts a week to make it happen fine you know not a big deal and for me now I feel like just knowing that my paycheck's always going to be the same my 401k is growing you know I'm I'm doing all the right things and all this extra time I put on the side I still love what I'm doing it's just you know it's a lot but I think it personally is easier for me it it was the right decision for me and my family but yeah everyone's different and I do admire all the hours I see you putting in
0: (laughs) You also, like the other thing is because I kind of have this influencer thing. I don't even like to call myself that, but it makes that piece fun. It makes it fun. It makes it exciting, like to have that separate, like, blog or Instagram or YouTube or whatever podcast where it's like, I'm doing this because I enjoy it. I'm creating to create. I'm not creating because it's my full income and I'm stressed and I have to make it work and be successful. And I think that there's something really impactful there, especially when kids are in the mix. And I love speaking of kids. I love watching Vivian and your social media content. I love how you integrate her into your TV segments. Like how has that been having this daughter showing her all this like fun all the fun things that you're doing. Yeah. So, I mean,
1: I never really expected her to like be my little sidekick, but you know, early on, you know, I do like little random partnerships on my blog with like baby blocks or, you know, whatever might work for her, but I didn't have, I didn't put her in much because I didn't want to, you know, just put her everywhere. But then around when she was about five, that she'd come to the, to the news station when I would film my segments, she'd sit in the audience all cute, but at the beginning she'd help me kind of set everything up and the producer just kind of really fell in love with her and they would always try and talk to her. She would be super shy, but. Um, they asked me eventually, like, do you think she ever want to be in one? I'm like, oh, I started just thinking all the things that could go wrong. I'm like, sure. You know, we ended up trying. I think we did a bath bomb segment and it was huge. Like, People were loving it. And, you know, she just, even though she was a little shy, like she was just super cute and just watching her, like, just hang on the counter and like, you know, look all around the studio. It was just, it was pretty funny. So they asked her to start coming back pretty regularly. We didn't, you know, whenever, I never took her out of school for it, but if it was summer or a day off, um, I would take her and Then when I went to the Channel 4 uh, Fox station, you know, they wanted her on there as well. So it was just really fun. I also, I have more fun when I can do it with someone. And I'm also kind of, it's weird, I know she's young, she's seven, but I feel like I'm teaching her the ropes and she's learned so much about business. You know, now she does my home talk TV segments with me. So she's kind of like, I don't even know how many segments she's done. They probably really like her more than me at this point, but she really is learning a lot about business and how much work goes into these kind of things. And when I talk about how I have to go pay, I have to go buy something. And if she is going to be helping with the project and maybe going to be in the photos, someday she's grouchy, doesn't want to do it. But I say, Hey, this is, you know, this is paying for us to go do this thing. And, you know, we we need to do this and we have a deadline. And she's always just like, yep. Okay. You got it. And she, she turns it on. So I feel like, you know, I'm not trying to always put her in the spotlight um, and I want her to make her own decisions. She's kind of at that age now where she does tell me if she feels like doing something or doesn't, but I just love including her. And she's also super creative, which, you know, we have one kid. So it's like, and I I love that somehow I got the creative kid and she's just very similar to me in a way, but, you know, different and fun. But I just love having that connection with her and we're just always making art and doing DIY projects together, so.
0: I love it. I always, when I see her, she's on your Instagram stories a lot. I like that you make your stories more fun about you, your personality, you get to know the Audrey. It's not always just like graphics and printables and things like that, which you do share, but I love getting to know you and your family. And I just think that, it just, it just makes me smile. And I hope one day Ford will be, when he's that age, will be interested, even if he's not doing the work with me, at least appreciating, like, now I understand why my mom works so hard. <laughs>
1: like You will totally get there. I, I know he's gonna love that. I, he'll be involved.
0: Yeah, I love that. Um, so what's kind of next for you? What are you focusing on now? What are you looking for towards for the next year? Well, I definitely wanna
1: grow, as I said, you know, in SEO and Pinterest. It's funny you hit on those questions. Those are the two areas I feel like I I have the most growth to be done because I do think that I, I like to make money when I sleep and I think those are the two things that can help me with that. So if I can, you know, learn some new tips and take a course or two on the both of those things and just kind of maybe maybe there's something I'm missing that I haven't been doing that could just you know, bring me more traffic or get me, you know, in front of more eyeballs, if you will. So I definitely want to keep growing because sometimes it is hard when you don't have the extra time and you're tired to even want to try and take a course. But I need to kind of push myself to do that this year. You know, um, doing some maybe one conference a year. I know COVID's kind of been weird, but I've been doing a good job of trying to go to at least one a year, you know, and that's brought good opportunities. Um, But really, I want to just keep Doing what I'm doing, I want at least, because right now I'm doing just pretty much one blog post a week if I'm lucky, which I know some people do multiple uh, a week, but that's what works for me. I'd like to continue to do that, but I also, you know, we also have some more projects in our house. I want to hopefully maybe try and pitch a couple more brands and kind of do that kind of thing just to make those projects a little bit more affordable and, you know, fun, so.
0: Yeah. Quick. Okay. So quick question. Do you ever go back and refresh old blog content since you're at a place where you've done so many blogs or are you just creating new content for the blog? Well, the only
1: time I've really done that was whenever I got accepted to Mediavine and I knew I needed to do 20, but you know, I ended up doing that 100, but I think I need to start prioritizing, even if it's one a week. Cause there are some that are like, wow, I get a lot of traffic to that. And then I look and I'm like, Ooh, I really don't have any, I'm not linking to any of my other blog posts. I'm not doing many right things. And I'm thinking how much more money and things I could be making, or even just keeping people on my page longer, and maybe they want to go look at another page, because I, I reminded them that, hey, you like this, you might also like this, you know, I need to, I need to put that on my list, so um, yes,
0: <laughs> I yeah, should be doing I would, that. I would think with COVID that more people are doing, I know for us, we're doing more DIY projects, we're putting more of our extra entertainment spending into our home, things like that, so I would think it would be a good time to, like, revamp some of those, push some old articles I something that I try and remind myself is you don't always have to create new content you can refresh old content put a new spin on it make it relevant to what's going on currently but um, I think so many people are like what's new what's next what's going and like there's so many it, there's- it's so hard to keep up with that that's a great tip I, I have started trying to recycle
1: some of my social content because just because I shared something one day two years ago doesn't mean that because I'm was like oh I don't want to be the person that's sharing stuff over and over again but I'll wait like a year and I'll share something else. Like, you know, if it's timely, like a back to school craft, like I just shared something yesterday. I did that last summer and I did it for a TV segment recently for home talk. And I'm like, I'm going to put that out there because school's starting now and people might have a tin can that they want to paint and give their teacher a gift. So I'm trying to do better at that. But I also, I used to kind of plan my social ahead of time. And I will be honest. Right now, I might be lucky to have one kind of in the hopper. The rest, I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants. So I got to spend more time strategizing and getting myself organized. I'll be honest.
0: We're keeping it real because it might seem like from the outside in looking in that you have it all figured out. You know exactly what you're doing. And I think the main thing here is to figure out what are the things that are really going to drive the traffic? What are the things that are worth investing extra time in, like the printables, Um, the graphics that are really driving a ton of traffic and ad revenue to your website. And then the other things like every post on social media does not have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be like moving the needle every single time. I I am really trying to do better at that. And there are things I've done this summer that like I went glamping a
1: bunch of times. I realized I never even put one photo on there because it wasn't like, I didn't think it was probably very Instagram worthy. I'm like, what is wrong? You know, I want to do, I love when bloggers are posting more about, oh, look what I did today. It's not super planned. It's like, oh, I painted this thing and look at that. You know, it's not super staged. I think people are kind of craving more of the real. And I think everything's just so over stylized and so edited and perfect that everything's just kind of losing its meaning and fun, I think. So I'm trying to get back more to that. So that's something I would really like to start doing more this year. So that's a very good
0: reminder. I love that. Well, Audrey, thank you so much for your time. If you could give a shout out to your blog, your website, all of those things, that would be amazing. Awesome. Yeah. You can find me
1: at osolovelyblog.com oh And on Instagram, I'm at ohsolovely underscore blog.
0: And definitely go download those free calendar printables. That's yes, 75 <laughs> options to choose from. And Sunday and Monday start dates. <laughs> love it. Ah. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Midwest Mompreneurs. I'm your host, Katherine Snellen, and I appreciate you so much. Let's keep the conversation going on social media. You can follow me on Instagram at the Katherine Elise.